When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we have an awesome college football discussion with the one and only Andy Staples. And that's it. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostey, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, July 26th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of game thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of July, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this a few days in advance, but still, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Also, if you are interested in advertising on the podcast during the season, please email theoklahomabreakdown at gmail.com. Ted Lehman, how we doing, sir? Fantastic. Things are going well. How about John you? John Andy Staples, right? Big career change for Andy. Left the athletic for on three, but it's... The season's near, man. It's it's time to start talking ball. And yeah. he's he's one of my favorite voices in college football. Uh love the way he approaches uh some of the discussions. So just just fired up to talk some ball as well as a lot of other stuff with Andy because he he covers NIL, he covers conference realignment, the media rights deal. Like he's he's a big brain guy. He knows a lot about a lot. So I I'm excited about that, but mainly more about the ball side of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on to know about. NIL stuff's crazy. The All the conference realignment stuff and, and moving pieces is – there's a lot has happened, and it's, you know, about to unfold, but there's still more going on. Like, it's, it's not like we're settled and done. So, yeah, there's there's all kinds of good stuff to get into, and I'm with you. The ball 
is uh, that's what it's all about. And man, we're getting close. We're we're we already got some pro teams in training camp. Yeah, I I love watching the highlights. I love overreacting to the training camp clips. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite things to do. Okay, let's get to Andy. But but first, I forgot to do the birthday shoutouts last episode. I was going to say something, but I Next never Next time, know. say something, man. Okay, okay. I, I never know. There's I got I got, got a DM that was out. like, hey, did you forget about the birthday shout-outs? I was like, oh, <laughs> I did. So happy seventh birthday to William Crutchfield. Happy 12th birthday to Silas Lindoff. Happy 22nd birthday to Megan Brooking. And happy 45th birthday to Christopher Galloway. All right. Here's Andy Staples. It is our pleasure to be joined by one of, I mean, he's just one of the best guys doing it when it comes to covering college football. Andy Staples, the new face of on3.com. Andy Staples is in the house. What's going on, man? I don't know that I would hire me to be the face of anything. (laughs) I'm not sure it hired me to be the voice of anything either. So I don't, I, I'm not just quite sure where they're going with this, but I, I am appreciative that they hired me and, and they let me have a show that I basically get to do whatever the hell I want five days a week. So I, I'm good with that. That's pretty cool. That, I mean, it's, there's got to be a little bit to that transition. How has all that, you know, the moving parts been? It hadn't been too bad. It's, it, you know, it, it's weird not having to write. And I've written, I think I've written one thing since I started and I'm probably going to write more. I'm not going to lie. I can't help myself, especially once the season starts and some some news starts happening. I'm probably going to have to, you know, get my opinions down on paper as well as in the show. But it's been fun because it, it you know, using that time to to try to plot out the show and actually plan it as opposed to what we were doing before was just turn on the mics and talk. I, I do think it's going to make a little <laughs> little crisper show. That it, yeah, we're I, I'm here for the crispness. Now, it it does seem like on three is I mean it's blowing up just from what I can tell right now. I'm not in it every single day like you are, obviously. But you know what is what what made that the right spot for you? Because obviously the athletic they had kind of built a lot of their college football coverage around you, especially on the podcast side. So what, what, what made on three, the place you wanted to be? Well, if you've been in this business for as long as I have, you know, who Shannon Terry is. And he's the guy who bought rivals.com out of bankruptcy at the turn of the century, and then built it into something that he then sold to Yahoo. It was a huge company. It was the first company that really covered recruiting. And then, you know, Shannon, after a few years, turned around and created 24-7, which he then built into a huge company and sold it to CBS. And so on three is his next venture. He's figured out a way to be successful covering college football on the internet longer than anybody else. And when he says, I think your future is in doing shows every day instead of writing, I, I who am I to say, no, I, I don't know about that. I mean, he knows what he's doing on this stuff. He it, It's worked every single time. And so he said, you know, I, there's a vacuum here. There's not a lot of daily shows covering college football. Uh, ESPN has pulled back college football live. You don't see that anymore. And really, it, it's true. There's, there's not much out there. And 
we had so much fun doing that podcast. I was having more fun doing my podcast at the athletic than I was writing at that point. And so he said, just that's what you need to do. And I said, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's so cool. You know, it, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that the only place you could go to cover college football was ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's been so much growth and there's so many different avenues now. It's just, it's fun to see it morph and change and watch people consume media in different, different ways. It's been, it's been fun. It's interesting. And well, you know, I don't know what the future holds. It's, it's great because it's, it's more of a meritocracy now than it used to be. It's not who, you know, it's not, does this company like me? If you make good stuff, people will find it and you can get it out on social media and you can build an audience. And so you're seeing it in a lot of different ways. You're seeing, you know, I some of my favorite stories are friends of mine who, who've been laid off by various companies that have just kind of gone out on their own. They've started a Patreon and they're making good money doing it. And they don't have to worry about, is this company going to fold tomorrow? Which is something that everybody who works in my business has had to go through at some point in their lives or maybe going through right now. And that's that's just, it's not a good way to live. When you have some more agency and some more control over what you're doing, it helps. And and I love that the audience will just figure out who's good. There, you know, you can't fool them. Put out a good product, they'll come. The advertisers will come. And if you don't put out a good product, they're not coming. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I'm excited for you, man. And I look forward to to the stuff you're going to put out for on three. Now let's. Let's start talking about some football, right? Because that is that that is right in your wheelhouse. And you are fresh off a trip to Nashville for SEC Media Days. H- how was it, right? H- how was it um, being able to hear from all the coaches and players that you're able to to talk to? Felt like it was pretty quiet. You know, there wasn't a lot of you know craziness. Nobody nobody made anything any sort of outlandish statements. The one thing that that stuck out to me was when the Alabama guys went, and, and even Nick Saban, there was a chip on the shoulder feel, but it wasn't the usual artificial chip on the shoulder, like where they convince a, a national title favorite that no one believes in them. It, people have kind of stopped believing in Alabama. Obviously, Georgia's been picked to win the SEC. Alabama got picked to win the West, but it was it was just barely. It was about you know, 60, 60 40, maybe 55, 45. Alabama versus LSU. And it, it, it's interesting because those Alabama guys are like, hey, we're the same. We're still as good as we have been. And unspoken is Georgia is now that good too. And in a given year, Georgia may be better than them, but they're not done yet. And and Nick Saban, when he has a problem to solve, I think that makes him more dangerous. I, you know, he's he's not really given to complacency but it's harder for him when they're coming off a national title to to get everybody motivated and and to make it 
feel like there's a sense of urgency. He's had no problem doing that this offseason. Yeah, I guess, you know, you don't have a quarterback and everyone starts to panic and thinks you're just going to be a terrible football team. But a little bit of competition is good there throughout the spring, throughout training camp. Yeah, Who do you think the guy's going to end up being there? I think it's probably Tyler Buckner, who they brought in from Notre Dame. I, I was surprised after spring practice when they went out and got him because it, it means that they clearly went through spring practice, did not feel that either Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow had 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 done enough to be the guy and didn't necessarily feel confident that they were going to do something in the in preseason camp to be the guy. So I would assume it's Tyler Buckner because they did go out and get him. He played for Tommy Reese before. Now, it's a little bit different story because usually when an offensive coordinator moves – they're bringing their offense, all the players and the, the assistant coaches are learning that coordinator's language and all that. That's not how it works at Alabama. When you take a coordinator job at Alabama, you learn their stuff. And then you can call it with your own flavor of it, but you learn it so that 50 other people don't have to learn it. It makes it much easier to have just one person doing the learning. So for Tyler Buckner, it's him and Tommy Rees learning this stuff while the teammates already know it. and But Tyler Buckner also knows what Tommy Reese likes. He knows what what sort of schemes, formations, plays he favors. So I think there's a good chance he's he's got a shot. And, and honestly, we haven't seen what Tyler Buckner can be. He got hurt so early last season. He was the day one starter at Notre Dame last year. Gets hurt. Had to come back and play in the bowl game because the other guys had already transferred out. And so we don't really know what we're going to get out of him. But I do think I would give him the edge right now. And then we'll see. Uh, you know, I saw Jalen Monroe start that Texas A&M game last year. He's going to have to have improved dramatically as a passer probably to win this job. Why do you, why do you think there's so much concern about the Alabama quarterback situation as compared to the Georgia quarterback? Because Georgia situation? knows who they, who their guy is. I mean, he hasn't just, announced Kirby Smart yeah, hasn't Carson announced Beck, Carson but, Beck, but it's Carson Beck. So that that's why they they are confident that their guy is there, that they already know who it is, and they're actually pretty confident that if that doesn't work, then Brock Vandegrift can come in and and lead that offense just fine. I'm not sure Alabama is is there yet with with anybody. We'll get you back to the interview, but first. Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch the price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's travel stops loves also have you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to go zone and of course don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious java opolis clothing is the exclusive home for all of our oklahoma breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your ou and okc thunder gear as well if you want to live your life and better yourself comfort go to opolisclothing.com that's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? 
Well, then head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. Their food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, back to the interview. Yeah, uh, it's you know, it's interesting. Uh, you can know who your guy's going to be, but, you know, they still don't have anyone that's played any football. Yep. And, you know, I I guess it for preseason rankings and stuff, maybe that matters. But I guess uh, to me, it's just as much up in the air as Alabama's is as to what type of play they're going to get there. I, I think because of Stetson Bennett's background, the assumption is you can put anyone in there and they're going to perform just fine. And that's just it's just not how it works. It's not. But if if the person is pretty adequate they're going to be really good. If the person is above average to NFL caliber, they're going to be great. And that's the, the the thing that they're confident about is that that's the best offensive line in the country. Probably that quarterback's going to have time. They're going to be able to run the ball. Play action's going to make people bite. Uh, they have, because at Georgia, they have Brock Bowers, who is maybe the most versatile tight end in the country. And then you got guys like Oscar Delp, who's another tight end, who's kind of a, more of a big receiver than a tight end. They can do a lot of things and be very just, I don't want to sound like a, a coach on media day, be very multiple, but they can, they, they, they can scheme you into a good spot for the quarterback. And I think that's why people are confident with, with Georgia. I think that's why people are confident with Ohio state. We assume it'll be Kyle McCord. He seemed to have the advantage. He was Marvin Harrison juniors, high school quarterbacks. So that connection's already there, but if it's Devin Brown, they're probably okay too because that offense just keeps humming. Uh, with Alabama, I think part of the problem was and where the doubt comes in, they had Bryce Young last year. We know he's a cheat code at quarterback, but they didn't have any dynamic receivers who could really separate. And we'd gotten so spoiled watching Alabama just churn out great receiver after great receiver. It looked weird not being able them not being able to do that looking at the sec still just because you know the national champion has has come out of that conference more times than not you know over these these last 10 years what is there a team that you think that could knock alabama and georgia off i, I feel like most people look at lsu and yeah. what Brian Kelly was able to do in year one. Is that is that the team you see as the biggest challenger? Uh definitely. So LSU is from you know, in terms of their top line talent, they're up there with Alabama and Georgia. They're just not as deep as Alabama and Georgia. And Brian Kelly made that pretty clear at SEC Media Days that people keep asking him when they're going to be ready to compete for national titles. And he's not going to say right now. He's saying another recruiting class or so away to have the depth of Alabama and Georgia, but their frontline talent is really good. They're, they're deep at receiver. Jane Daniels has kind of grown up at quarterback and, you know, he, he was one of those, he, he was great as a freshman at Arizona state and kind of regressed the next two years, probably because there wasn't much talent around him. And then he gets to LSU and a lot of scrambling early. Didn't feel like they, they had a real cohesive passing game that got better as the season went on. But then you saw in the Georgia game, how big the gap was. So 
They've got to close that gap. I think they can. They get Mason Smith back, who, remember, got hurt on play five of last season. This is a game-changing first-round-type defensive tackle. They've got Harold Perkins. We'll see what they – I mean, they were just kind of figuring out what they could do with him as the season went on last year, but he's potentially the most dynamic defensive player in the country. So they have that. The other team that, that you kind of got to watch out for, and they're not on Georgia's schedule, but they are on Alabama's, is Texas A&M because their frontline talent is as good as those teams. They're starting 22. It, if you walk them off the bus and have Georgia's walk off the bus, you're going to be like, well, that looks pretty similar. The difference is they've just never been able to put it all together and they don't beat the teams they're supposed to beat. But when they play teams that are supposed to be good, they're always at their best. So they should have beaten Alabama and Tuscaloosa last year. They did beat LSU in the last game of the regular season. And I think with Connor Wegman at quarterback, understanding that he's the guy, a healthy offensive line, and that's that's the big part. Can their offensive line stay healthy? If it can, I would say they can be competitive against anybody. Now, I still need to see, can you beat Auburn when you're supposed to beat Auburn? Mississippi State when you're supposed to beat Mississippi State? Ole Miss when you're supposed to beat Ole Miss? That's the question I feel like they got to answer. But I know they're going to show up when they're playing somebody good. How about Tennessee? You know, it's hard to get the old Milton out of your mind whenever yes. he just like ran out of bounds on fourth down or whatever happened whenever he he got inserted into the game. But my goodness, if you could create a quarterback in a lab, you know, he's 6'5", 250 pounds, can throw a football over them mountains. And he looked good in the bowl game. He stepped in, watched Hendon Hooker, guy that, you know, played eight years of college football and had all kinds of experience and learned that system has sat there a little bit and he takes all that athleticism there. I, if you get consistently what we saw in the bowl game, how good can Tennessee be? Very good. And and that's a, I, I tweeted during that bowl game. Cause remember Clemson's defense is really good. Didn't have a ton of opt-outs They they were, they were playing almost full strength against Tennessee and Joe Milton looked as good as he's ever looked. And I said, you're going to have to physically restrain me from the Joe Milton for Heisman bandwagon right now after this game, because he is the type of person, like if you stand there and watch him throw at practice, he looks like the best quarterback you have ever seen in your life. Like there is nobody with a stronger arm. He's a very good athlete, maybe not quite as athletic as Anthony Richardson was, but close. He's fast. He's, he's huge. And so I can't wait to see what he is because if he really has evolved into a more accurate passer, it's going to be scary what he can do. Now, if he can't, if he hasn't, Tennessee has a freshman named Nico Yamamealaba. Get used to that name because they're going to be chanting it from the stadium if Joe Milton is is airmailing passes because it won't take long for them to want to want to see the new guy. It's a tough chant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think they'll just go with Nico. 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 Yeah, I think that's Yama May Alava. Yama May Alava. Now, Andy, out of you, you are one of the national college football people that seems least concerned about OU making the move to the SEC. What what gives you? What gives you more confidence in, than most, it appears, that the Sooners are going to be able to make that transition smoothly? History. That, that, that's really it. You know, in, in the history of college football, 
There have only been a few programs that have not experienced real dips. Ohio State is probably the best one, the most consistent one. You go look at Ohio State's history. There is no, there is no dip anywhere. Now you go to Oklahoma's history, you have Postberry Switzer to Bob Stoops, which is about what, a six or seven season period. And that's it. That's that's the dip. They've never had any others. They're just good the whole time, other than that. And so I believe they're gonna they're gonna figure out a way to do that. Now, Brent Venables has to prove he's the guy to do that in the SEC because I do believe that Oklahoma, as a program that understands how to win and, and how to win a lot, is not going to put up with being mediocre. So Venables has to show on the field that he knows what he's doing. We know he knows what he's doing off the field. We know he knows what he's doing from a roster-building standpoint. He knows better than anybody at Oklahoma what that roster has to look like when you have to play those best teams in the SEC. He wasn't coaching the SEC, but he was at Clemson as the defensive coordinator and they had to build a roster that was ultimately going to play the best team from the SEC or the best team from the Big Ten and have to compete with them. So he knows exactly what it should look like. I have no doubt that he can recruit to that point. Last season makes me wonder if he can do it on the field, but it's his first year as a head coach. You're going to make some mistakes. So potentially he gets a lot better. You know, we always talk about the improvement from year one to year two for a player. I think coaches are the same way. So he's got another chance to show us that he knows what he's doing on the field. And if he does, then I think he can put that together with the roster building piece and be fine. Before we jump into like what this season looks like for OU, while we're talking about transitions to the SEC, how about Texas? How do, how do they compare with OU or, you know, just like, what do you think that jump is going to look like for them? So they're a different animal. Texas is more like USC or Florida where you've had to have the right coach to just put everything together and, and have them be dominant and they're dominant while that coach is there. And that's, and then they go back into the, the hinterlands for a while. And I don't know if C. Sarkeesian's that guy, he's going to have to prove that he, he hasn't shown that at his other stops, but I like the way he's built that roster since he's been at Texas. I love what they've done on the offensive line. Now, when's the last time we saw that much O-line talent in Austin? That feels pretty good. They like their D-line. You know, those are their older guys. And obviously their skill talent is exceptional. So what does that mean? It means you better win the Big 12 this year because that's how you show that you are using that talent the way it should be used. This is the most NFL talent we've seen on a Texas roster in a long time. So they should be able to win the Big 12 this year. If they can't, if it's Oklahoma who trips them up, if K-State is, is a repeat champion, if TCU beats, I mean, TCU dominated them last year. Think about that. I, I know TCU went to the national championship game. I know TCU had a bunch of guys drafted, but there's no excuse for that at Texas. You have better players. And if you can't win with the better players when you're in the big 12, you are not going to win in the sec where you're not always going to have better players. When you look at the big 12 this season, what's your expectation for the big 12 title game? Right? Are, are you expecting Texas to live up to the expectations? 
Do you think K-State can do it two years in a row? Does Oklahoma bounce back? Like, how do you see it going? I know a lot will change with injuries, and there's all kinds of different variables during the season that that change your opinion. But before we kick this thing off, like, how, how do you see it in the Big 12 heading into 2023? I need to see it from Texas. Like, I need to see them win the games they're supposed to win. And it's sort of like I was saying for Texas A&M, it's crazy. It's, it's a similar situation, although Texas has gotten over the hump a couple of times. But both of them suffer from the same problem. They just don't get up for games that they're supposed to win, and then somebody beats them. You know, last year that would be uh, the Texas Tech game is, is, is a great example of that for Texas. The Oklahoma State game is a great example of that for Texas. You can't have those games if you want to win the Big 12 because – Oklahoma is going to get up for you. And I'm assuming this time, even if Oklahoma has a, an injury to Dylan Gabriel, that they will manage to have a competent offense with the backup quarterback, who at this point would be Jackson Arnold. Uh, so I, I do think they've got to prove that Kansas state is the one that I'd be worried about if I were everybody in the big 12, because they bring back so much offensive line talent for starters. Cooper BB didn't have to be back. Cooper BB could be in an NFL camp right now, making an awful lot of money, but He's back. Will Howard's back. Can they keep him healthy? Not as worried about Deuce Vaughn leaving. I think Treshawn Ward, the guy they got from, from Florida State, is going to be pretty good. I mean, he basically just was in a situation where they were super deep at tailback in Tallahassee, and so he needed to go to a place where he could be the feature guy, and I think he picked a very, very good place to go. I think I, – I agree. I think Kansas State right now, I would – I don't know if I'd necessarily have them as the favorite to win it all, but I've got them in the Big 12 championship game. I think, you know, with Texas, a lot of folks are not counting what the schedule means. We're used to the Big 12 where everyone plays everyone. Yeah, it's not it the matters. same The anymore. schedule matters this year because you it don't does. know who you're – it's a 14-team league, and some people have easier roads than others. Like K-State, I'll give you an example. K-State has to play UCF in UCF's first Big 12 game. Now that game's in Manhattan, so that's that's helpful for K State. But like UCF, very talented on the in the starting twenty two, they're not going to be deep enough probably to compete for the Big Twelve title. But if you have to play them early in the season, especially when they're super pumped about playing their first Big Twelve game, like you don't want to be in that game. That's yeah. a tough spot. Well, and I, I like Oklahoma's schedule a lot. I I think it's. For, for Oklahoma, it's probably one of the easiest schedules we've ever had. But for a team like Kansas State, I I, I don't think it's far-fetched at all that they win the Big 12. We saw them do it a year ago. How competitive can Kansas State be on the national stage? College football type of uh, – college football playoff type of team. Mm -hmm. what, what do you – what can they be? Did you see the Sugar Bowl last year? Yep. Mm. You've seen it. That's the problem. That that That's the issue – when Texas and Oklahoma leave the big 12 is can you get those elite elite players? How many of them can you get? Cause K state does have a few, like last year they had King Felix first round draft pick Cooper Beebe potential high round draft pick. But how many does Georgia have? How many does Alabama have? How many does Ohio state have? That's what you're dealing with when you get to that level. And now here's the thing. I think K-State is going to be a team that plays in the playoff somewhat frequently when it's a 12-team playoff. So they've got to figure out how to get a few more of those guys. And, you know, when when you have a highly ranked quarterback prospect in your own state, you got to get them like they did with Avery Johnson. 
So I like what Chris Kleiman is doing. I think they're doing everything they're supposed to do. It's just much harder to do it there. We'll get you back to the interview, but first. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order on a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. All right, back to the interview. Yeah. No, it'll be uh, – it's just really hard if you can't stack the talent like Bama and Georgia when you're talking about winning a national title. Right. Like, seriously. Especially since you're going to have to win three or four games to do it in the new version of the playoff. You know, you're going to have to have that depth, and they're just – they're going to have to struggle to to get there. I do think there will be other programs that can build that level of depth. I think USC can pull that off. I think Michigan is headed toward being able to do that. I think Penn State is. So I, I don't think it's just going to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and maybe Clemson forever. I think there will be other programs that build the kind of depth that make it where they can win that new new version of the playoff. But it is going to be harder for the TCUs and the K-States to, to do that. And, and even, you know, because you'll see like an Ole Miss will occasionally make the college football player for South Carolina. They're going to have the same problem when you've got to win three or four. Do you think in in the with the twelve team playoff now in the SEC it's going to be difficult because the same teams are going to be pretty much the same teams. But like a Kansas State and a TCU, like some of these teams that have been on the on the fringe but haven't made a college football playoff. Do you think the twelve team format is eventually going to spread the wealth a little bit whenever it comes to players, or is it just going to stay kind of how it always has? I think it will a little bit. I think NIL more than that, though. I think NIL is spreading the wealth now, and it's doing exactly the opposite of what all the doomsayers were saying. If you actually listen to economists, they they told you this was going to happen. When you can figure out how you want to portion your NIL money, you might be able to attract a recruit who might not have considered you otherwise, who might have been going to Alabama or who might have been going to Georgia. They might look at you now. And so, yeah, I think we're going to see that because what you saw with Georgia, with Kirby Smart going there was shearing off 
you know, four or five members of Alabama's class every year, all of a sudden Alabama looked mortal again. So I think that's the, that's the thing is, is can they get, can I, here's the deal. We're, we're recording this on Monday, Monday night. There's a guy named Justin Williams who is announcing his commitment. I don't know what he's going to announce, but he's choosing between Georgia and Oregon. Well, if Oregon can get a guy like that, who would have gone to Georgia or would have gone to Alabama normally, then all of a sudden, that's a different level of team. And, and you're, you've seen that with Oregon the last few years. They've been able to get some of those guys that normally would have gone to one of the superpower teams. Well, if you get enough of those guys, you become a superpower team. That's what Oklahoma's trying to do. Yep, that's right? exactly I mean, right. That's, that's shit. Don't, you got to win those battles uh, more often to be competitive when you're talking about playing for an actual national title. Now, looking around the overall landscape for this season in college football, how annoying is it that the Pac-12, which could be the most exciting conference in college football this season, it's getting overshadowed by their whole media rights situation. It's It's got to be annoying for a guy like you. Now, you're great at talking about all of that stuff, but you just want to talk about all the quarterbacks that are back and all these things, but it, it really does feel like that cloud – is looming over that conference. Yeah. And, and it's important because normally when we talk about this stuff, it's just about dollars and cents and what, what channel are the games going to be on? This is an existential threat to the conference if they can't get a good enough deal. So it is a very important thing to talk about. And I think they've messed it up by messing up the timeline on it and just keeping, they keep saying, Oh, we're going to announce it. We're going to stop saying that. Like you should have said all along, we'll tell you when we're done. We'll let you know. And don't give us, we're going to announce it in three weeks and then don't. We're going to announce it next month and then don't. Like that just makes you look dumb. It makes it look like you don't know what you're doing. But if you just said, we'll announce it when we're finished. Because like the, the Big Ten, which starts its new deal this year, they didn't announce the deal until the end of August last year. Nobody was worried about it. Now granted, everybody and their, and their mother was bidding on the Big Ten. But if you're the Pac-12, if that's all you'd said, then you wouldn't have people going, you done? You done? You ready? You done? But yeah, this is the deepest the Pac-12 has been really since USC was, was dominating college football. Now, the question is, can USC be a national title contender? I do think USC and Oregon are probably the two most likely that if they get out could make some noise on the national stage. If they were to make the playoff, could win a game in the playoff because they have the most premium level talent. But the problem is their league is deep and they got to get out of that league first. And so Washington with those receivers and Michael Penix Jr. and those pass rushers, that's a very good program. Oregon State won 10 games last year. They brought a lot of people back. Their, their schedule's a little bit harder, but that's a team that could really change things. And oh, by the way, Utah has won the Pac-12 the last two years in a row, and we keep forgetting about them. Like, at some point, we got to give Cal Whittingham credit for building one of the best programs in the league. About quarterback-wise, is this – I don't know. I can't remember a conference. I'm sure it's happened, but I can't remember a conference being this deep at quarterback. Like, I, legit. Big 12 early in the past century, I think. There were some years where it felt pretty deep. But this is – yeah. I agree because Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the country. And, and I don't 
I don't think it's particularly close. And then you got Bo Nix, who was putting up basically Marcus Mariota type numbers before he got dinged up in the Washington game. Penix led the nation in passing yards. <laughs> You've got Cam Rising, who, like I mentioned, has led Utah to two consecutive Pac-12 titles. Uh, Jaden Delora was really good at Arizona last year. I think he's going to be good again this season. And then you get Shador Sanders coming in at Colorado. And that's that's really interesting because he obviously was very good at Jackson State. We don't know what he's going to look like when they jump up in competition, but he's also got better players around him. So the the Louis luggage may uh, may make a difference. And, and oh, by the way, we don't know who's going to start at UCLA. They got three guys. One of them is a five-star named Dante Moore. Chip Kelly doesn't recruit five stars. He's, he's not usually landing a lot of five stars, but this is a guy who has a chance to, to win that job. The other guy is Colin Schley, who was at Kent, at Kent State last year. And if you asked what quarterback had the best game against Georgia last year, it was Colin Schley. We we saw him. They played OU. I know. Yeah, they, so we... they had the worst schedule I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Brutal. Because they had, I think they played at Washington too. Just a brutal non-conference cash and checks. Got to love it. Now, looking at the Big Ten, uh, for you, is it just kind of Ohio State and Michigan, and then everyone else, or do you think that you know a Penn State could make some noise, or you just think it's the Big Two like it has been seemingly? I think that Penn State can definitely not just make some noise. I think they can win the league, make the playoff because they have a good amount of elite talent this year. Plus the pretty good that they've had, you know, this is a program that's been winning 10 games a year, pretty regularly, but you look at Abdul Carter, who very similar to Micah Parsons, except that took them a while to figure out what to do with Micah Parsons. And they only got Micah Parsons for two years because he opted out. So this is his second, this is Abdul Carter's second year in the program. I got a feeling they're going to be very creative with him. Quarterbacks are going to be miserable dealing with him. They got another guy named Chop Robinson, who's also going to be trouble for quarterbacks in the Big Ten. And then they've got Olu Fashnu on the offensive line, who would have been a top, probably top half of the first round type pick had he come out, but he was adamant that he wanted to play another year at Penn State. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. It, it, Drew Aller is the, the five-star quarterback who moves into the starting role. I'll be very interested to see how he does. Sean Clifford was the guy forever, and they were never particularly – the fan base was never particularly happy with Sean Clifford. So can can Drew Aller raise them to another level? But they get Michigan and State College this year. That seems to be – like they, they always play Ohio State tough no matter where they are, it seems. But they get blown out by Michigan and Ann Arbor, and they play Michigan tough in State College. So they got a chance to beat Michigan this year. They seem to always have a chance to beat Ohio State. And I think I can beat everybody else. What about the two uh, big-time coaching additions in the Big Ten, Rule and um, Fickle? What do you think is going to happen in Wisconsin and Nebraska? So I think Nebraska is going to be better. I don't know how much better. I think realistic expectation, you know, just can you you make a bowl game? I just want to see if you can make a bowl game. If you can do that, then that's acceptable progress. Wisconsin, I think, should have higher aspirations. And I think Luke Fickle definitely does have higher aspirations. I don't think he would have gone there unless they'd have proven to him, hey, we're going to give you the resources you need to compete for the Big Ten title and the national title. And we're going to have NIL in place. 
and you're going to be able to to do what you need to do. And he would not have taken the job had that not been the, the, the case. So I think Wisconsin is a very interesting one. He hired Phil Longo to run, to run the offense. Longo was at North Carolina. He's an air raid guy. It's not going to look like the Wisconsin offenses of the past, but Longo has no problem running the ball when, when he's got a good offensive line and good back. So it could be that they run for a bunch of yards and throw for a bunch of yards. So Tanner Mordecai, SMU transfers, their starter. I'm fascinated to see what they do with him. But that's one where it's interesting because you look at them, they're clearly building to try to win the Big Ten, not to try to win the Big Ten West. Because remember, there is no Big Ten West after after next year. So that's I, I keep wondering about what happens with, say, Iowa and Illinois and Minnesota, which are built to compete in the Big Ten West but not necessarily for the whole big 10 because are they at a massive disadvantage once the divisions go away? Yeah. I think that is, um, that that's definitely an interesting question. What, 10 points ain't going to win you the game anymore. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's why Wisconsin's like, we're not doing this anymore. I, I do, man. I hope they don't abandon because I'd hate to see them start losing the offensive lineman. Like that's what they're known for. And, I mean, you do have to be a little bit more multiple offensively. I hope they stay true to that in some sense. I, I think they will. I think they have to. I mean, you you take what you have, what you're, you know, use your natural resources the best you can. And the natural resource in Wisconsin is giant human beings. <laughs> and I, I don't I don't know why you'd ever think to go away from that. I think you, you just kind of evolve your offense. Now, I go back to 2020 when Longo was at North Carolina and he had Michael Carter and Javante Williams, their offensive line actually still wasn't all that great, but those dudes combined to run for, I'm doing math in my head here real quick, 2,385 yards in one season. And Oh, by the way, that was Sam Howell's best of the three seasons that he started for North Carolina. So that running game did set up that passing game. And so if they're smart, they will continue to use those offensive linemen and those backs to their maximum potential. Are you buying the Florida State hype in the ACC? I know they're going to be good. I don't know how good they're going to be. You know, it's one of those things where they, they've done a good job building that roster back up. It's something you can do in the ACC through the transfer portal. In the SEC or the Big Ten, it might be a little bit harder. You might have to do a little more high school, you know, a little better high school recruiting. But what, what Mike Norvell is doing is – building that roster up to the transfer portal, winning games. And now you see their high school recruiting is getting better too. So they're getting back to where they need to be. I'm not sure that they are quite there yet. And, and the thing I worry about with them, like if Clemson had just sort of stood pat after last season, I'd have said Florida state's definitely winning the ACC this year, maybe making the playoff. The fact that Clemson brought in Garrett Riley's offensive coordinator suggests to me that the Dabo's like, like, Oh, I'm getting a little stale. Let's get some new ideas in here. And I'm I'm guessing Clemson takes a little step forward, which you know that that makes it harder on Florida State. But no divisions in the ACC this year. They've already moved to their new scheduling format. Very good chance Florida State gets two cracks at Clemson. We'll get you back to the interview, but first. 
John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. They're family-owned and operated, and they got nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. You buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with any of the components of your engine, transmission, drive axle or transfer unit they will cover the repair costs it's a great deal and you can browse their entire inventory or find the john vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com and first fidelity bank is a full service financial institution based in oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs checking accounts saving accounts home loans and much more they do it all whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. All right, back to the interview. Anyone else in the ACC have any type of chance at all? I've had people who know the ACC better than me say North Carolina, but I saw that defense play last year. And as good as Drake May is, I have a hard time believing that that defense is going to to not let them down at some point. I, I think NC State is going to be pretty good, but I don't know that they're going to be good enough to be competitive for the league title. Miami... You know, we'll see how Mario Cristobal's talent upgrade has gone, but they changed both coordinators. They were not good last year. So I I don't know what, what's going to be going on with them, but it, it will be a probably a, a Florida State-Clemson affair. Uh, Louisville has a sneaky, easy schedule, and I like Jeff Brom at Louisville. I think that's a, that's a good match, but I think actually they're, they're going to need a couple years to recruit up. I think Louisville could be potentially very good down the road. But I do think it's mostly Florida State and Clemson this year. Yeah. All right. Now, we we do this thing called Call Your Shot where people that listen can can send stuff in. And we had them send in questions yep, for you, Andy. I saw that. So we got, got a couple of them. This first one comes from Tyler Neal. And he says, yes, other than Caleb Williams, who is the closest thing to a lock for an end-of-season positional award? Hmm. Brock Bowers, Mackey Award. That's where that's my, the easiest one. Yeah. yeah, that's where my head went. Yeah, because I don't. The, there's not one offensive lineman that I'm, or defensive lineman that I'm sure is going to win the Outland or anything like that. But but Brock Bowers for the Mackey feels pretty solid. Yeah, I don't know though. Brent Queethy's healthy again at Utah. So God, that guy's a pass catching machine. He's awesome, and that's the crazy part is he was the 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 primary target at tight end. And then he gets hurt, and Dalton Kincaid goes and becomes a first-rounder. Yeah. They were deep. Yeah, no doubt. All right, this other one comes from at Sooner Magic with a K. How about that? Okay. Would you rather eat Lincoln Riley's brisket or a cardboard box? Cardboard box. <laughs> that brisket looked rough. Now, I will say his tuna did not look as bad the other day. Uh, it was a little overcooked on the outside, but the the, the – the rare part on the inside looked pretty good. 
looked like the the cutting board made the trip all the way out to California, got thrown in a box and made it out there. I was surprised by that. Well, I and I think he knows now he'll just blow up the internet when he puts puts out meat on a cutting board. You know, I I actually appreciated that he put it out there again, you know? I won't lie. It I thought it showed a good sense of humor. Yes. It's it, it I, I was a little worried that Lincoln didn't have that in his tool bag, but he was defensive on the brisket right away. Very brisket was terrible though. (laughs) I mean, how do you, how do you look at that picture in press post? You know, you guys like you grew up in Texas. You're in Oklahoma. Like, you know what brisket looks like. I'm telling you when I saw that come across my timeline, I didn't even, I hadn't even looked at anything and I thought, Oh no. (laughs) As soon as I saw it, uh, you could, I will believe that it tasted great, but it does not. It did not picture well. And you, he should have known before he posted that picture that it was going to get that. Oh, I don't uh, believe so that funny. tasted great. I mean, there, there's nothing about that brisket that that would have tasted good. It, yeah. it is. If you if you have it like right as soon as you like slice it, it probably before, yeah before all the the juice drains out. Yeah, maybe. But you maybe. definitely don't slice the whole thing like that whenever it's. You've, you've oh. done it. <laughs> so that it was it was sad. It just it just made my heart hurt because that's such a it, it's a nice piece of meat. You don't want to you just don't want to do that to that. And, and look, brisket's hard. I I'm an amateur myself, and I've cooked a few briskets. But the thing is, I've had ones that didn't turn out, and I did not photograph them and put them on the internet for a reason. Dude, barbecue Twitter is intense. It's hardcore, oh, man. It's, it's oh, here's here's the question: What's worse, barbecue Twitter or squat Twitter? Ooh, <laughs> I I think I think squat Twitter because I think there's more squatters than like meat smokers and barbecuers. But no. I also think there's squat Twitter people who don't actually squat and have no idea what they're talking about because like I'll That's see true. Nick Chubb with like 650 pounds on a bar and his legs are perfectly parallel. And they're like, not low enough, man. I'm like, is this guy going to get his depth or what? He's going to get his depth or what? And the perfect brisket, unattainable on the internet. Exactly. Exactly. We got a couple more for you, Andy. This one comes from at Austin underscore Kansas. And he asks food spots for the 2024 away games. So okay. he's talking about OU's first, yeah, so first season in the SEC. They're, they're at Auburn. Trips, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Okay. I believe. Is that right, Ted? Auburn, yep. LSU, Ole yep. Miss, Missouri. So Auburn, you want to go to the Hound, which is a uh, bourbon bar, gastro pub. It's very good. Uh, Acre is another nice sit down. Uh, just great local regional menu, uh, bow and arrow barbecue, and then stick around on Sunday and go to brunch at the Waverly social. It is the best breakfast buffet you're ever going to have in your life. Ooh, that's games. That's don't I'll be back to 300 in no time with this move (laughs) to the sec boys. Say Ole Miss, you got big, bad breakfast for breakfast. You get the, uh, the biscuits and tomato gravy, uh, you do snack bar, uh, for dinner for lunch. You want to go to Ajax diner, just classic meat and three. Let's see. Uh, LSU 
man, the chimes is right next to campus. It's, you know, it's kind of the classic LSU place, Baton Rouge place. Um, Boy, that I like a uh, Pimignoli's for barbecue, which is, is kind of out there and, and you wouldn't even know it, but, and they also have incredible tamales for some reason. Don't know why, but they're great. Um, and the Missouri, uh, you know, I need to get back to Columbia. It's been a while since I've been there. Their classic place, like the quintessential Columbia, Missouri place is Shakespeare's pizza. I've liked it. The times I've gone, I know people say it's kind of touristy and all that. I, I've enjoyed it a lot. I, I think their pizza is good. They have a lot of good beer on tap. You can it, like if you're there Thursday night, you can watch games. I, I, I was I was very impressed. Uh, they also have a place called Booches. It's like a pool hall and they make these little hamburgers that they just got a flat top grill and they just make I could eat like 100 of those. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what else you want. <laughs> that is. I got my notes here. <laughs> that was as good as it gets. Andy, you are, you're the man. Uh, I'm fired up for what you're doing at on three now. And we, we always have fun catching up, man. Appreciate the time. My pleasure. Well, we covered a lot there. Jeez. Wide range of knowledge there from Andy. That's why he's so good. Awesome yeah. stuff, man. Also it's exciting stuff for him. Uh, joining on three seems like seems like on three is they are they're starting to accumulate some talent over there yeah so it's interesting there's the you know we got a changing landscape of football we also got a changing landscape of media that covers it yeah all right on that note episode 339 in the books We'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Sunday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have an awesome rest of your week. Have a fantastic weekend. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. You always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Until-